Herald of Steel beckons. War on the horizon. Chaos reigns supreme. But who will save us? Beckons of the Herald of Steel is a 5th edition homebrew campaign. It is a high fantasy and old school flavored campaign run by me, the young Rognard, and my friends. Let's meet those friends now. I am Anthony Santiago, and I'm playing Norhill Hammerstone, Dwarven Fighter. I'm Jared, and I'll be playing Jarzak, the Orc Warlock. I'm Ryan, and I'm going to be playing Klika, the Goblin Sorcerer. I'm Veronica. I'll be playing Anton, the Human Cleric. While many prophecies are written, our story has yet to be completed. Follow us into adventure. Welcome back to the podcast. It is I, Grognard the Young, the Young Grognard, kicking it to you with the Beckons of Harold, the Harold, you know, I'll get this campaign name done right one day. Never time. mind, just call it. We'll just, you know, we can just, we can end it. But back with the campaign, Beckons of the Herald of Steel with the second adventure path, the master with the newest quest in the line of Schemes and Shadows. So we left our party after the, uh, what was it again? The uh, Goli Gulp uh, with the uh, impromptu mass tomb. That, that's Brave, it. IMG. Ah, yes, IMG. Very good. Uh, the party had left and gone to Glory Wake, hoping to hop a quick ride back to the Queen and tell what happened with that tumultuous event. Um, Anton had been bestowed with a very important and powerful title of, you know, a Keeper of the Flame and was given the Hope Light. Uh, the party themselves have been a bit hurt, shadowed by this affair of what had happened and are doing their best to kind of hold it together. But traveling, keeping with good spirits on their way to Gabora, on their way to Glint, and hopefully getting to Eagleheart very soon to speak with the queen. But unfortunately, on the road, choosing to travel through the night, the, uh, the adventuring heroes have apparently crossed paths with some very spooky, shadowy monks, the uh, eyes of failure, agents of failure out here in the woods. And so we're gonna jump right back in as Anton sees these guys before they can get the jump on her or him rather. And so for that reason, as long as Anton makes it known that they're here, they will not get a surprise round. So does Anton make it known? Oh yeah. Anton opens his mouth to scream, the scorpion grabs him. <laughs> the scorpion's been with them all along. <laughs> oh yeah. Definitely. The scorpion's brother out for revenge. I kind of lift up my, I lift up the, um, the hope light in a warning, like getting ready to repair daylight. And I just, I kind of yelled out loud enough and I'd be like, you shall fear this light. I have crossed your kind before and I will cross again, unscathed. And hopefully the party behind me hears me. Meanwhile, Kalika is still like dusting the light on Norhill, just like light, death, life, death, life. <laughs> Jarzak's picking his nose. And then he's, North, still, he's he's scoping out any good dirt piles he can roll in as soon as Kleeka falls asleep, you know? He's slipping some NyQuil in uh, Kleeka's yeah. apple juice. So, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, apart from drugging Kleeka, apart from drugging Kleeka, let's roll for initiative. 
Now, to be fair, it's drugging Klika and gaslighting Norhill, which... Yeah, I mean... Two of everyone's favorite pastimes. So, with that, um, as far as initiatives go, I got a 22 on the initiative. Well, you beat me by one. I'm at 21, which I feel like, because it's now 2021, I should go first. I don't think that that's how that works. I think it is. 17. (laughs) So, it's going to go ninjas... Klika, Jarzak, I imagine. And what do we got for Norhill and Anton? 14. Eight. (laughs) A good good number. So with that, uh, two of the shadowy agents of failure come ripping through the grasses, closing the distance of 10 feet with absolute ease. And both of them come rushing up in order to start laying the smack down on Anton. And as both of them come rushing up, one of them tries to run in and kick her. Uh, him, rather. Sorry. Um, and what's her armor class? It's 16. Ooh, swag. So this one rushes up and kicks you square in the hand holding the hope light. I'm going to need you to make a strength saving throw. Yeah, and can I use warding flare? Oh, actually, sure. probably. What's that do now that you're finally using it for the first time? So when I'm attacked by a creature that can be blinded, Within 30 feet, uh, I can use my reaction to impose this advantage on the attack roll. I can use it three times. Dang, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with disadvantage, I got a 15 in this one. So you managed to, holding the hope light still as this thing comes rushing up to kick the light out of your hand, it quickly gleams bright for a second, and he, like, misses and wavers. The other one rushes up trying to do the same thing and misses terribly. Um, both of them try going in again, trying to swing for your ribs, hoping to like punch you uh, hard enough to knock the wind out of you and maybe get an upper hand in the fight. One of them misses, but the other one lands a solid punch to your ribs and deals eight points of damage. And I'm going to need a dexterity saving throw. Twelve. Ooh. 12, so you're knocked prone as the other one punches you and you fall over, grasping at your ribs. Um, This is not a good position to be in. But the other two go darting past, and one of them goes rushing up to Jarzak, and the other one goes rushing up to Norhill. And what are you guys' armor classes? 18. 14. Okay, so one of them crits. So as Norhill's still trying to stoke the fire over there continually... Um, he comes rushing up and absolutely bushwhacks Norhill, kicking him square in the head and deals, holy cow, 13 points of damage. Ooh, That's a lot of considered magical? No. Oh, so Norhill gets to d- deflect some, right? Yep, That's three last. I'm going to need you to make a dexterity saving throw. That is not one of my strong suits. Four. So Norhill falls prone as well. And what was Jarzak's armor class? 14? Yeah. Oh, jeezy. Jeez. So uh, in this campaign, we say that matching hits. So he is able to land a square kick in your back. And you take, oh, only four points of damage. And I'm going to need a dexterity saving throw from you as well. Man, don't you like... Uh, Nat 20. Oh, so... So Seeing Norhill get bushwhacked, um, you kind of like prepare yourself a little bit. And as one tries to, to kick you down to the ground, you manage to kind of like roll with the kick in the back and you don't fall over. 
Um, and that's it for me. So now it goes on to Klika. Okay. Uh, Klika is going to cast um, Shadow Blade. Mm-hmm. And then she will move up to the one that just hit Nora Hill and attack with Booming Blade. Okay. What do we and get? That's a nat 20. Ooh, Boise. Now I get to crit. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I feel like we haven't had too many crits on you guys' end. Nope. Wow. Uh, how's 26 damage feel? Uh, well, he is bloodied on the verge of death. What did you attack with? Shadow Blade. So that's 48 plus my mod. You know what? I'll give you the kill on that crit. Nice. Yeah, when you do that much damage in one hit, I'm just going to say that because this guy nailed Norhill to the ground and is like standing on the back of his head, Klika just goes flying through the darkness too. Yeah, I think it was literally right after Klika had digitated the campfire to be off again. Because it still hadn't gotten old to her, at least. <laughs> and uh, so, like, she sees with her dark vision that he just gets, like, this dude just moves up and knocks him down. And she just lunges forward in one swift motion, just claps the T on her hand, pulls out the blade, and just, like, I guess because these guys are kind of shadowy themselves, the blade sort of, you can't even tell when it strikes them, but... Hmm the finesse at which she moves it through his body and like stands there like braced ready for him to like keep going and he just sort of crumbles to the ground damn and he lets off in a huge poofing black smoke as he comes to the ground with full collapse getting norhill all kinds of dark and dusty and then Klika turns to the other one and just hisses in the night <laughs> And with that, you can see him sort of crack his little shadowy knuckles as if ready to continue the fight. Um, and is that it? Yes. Okay. Uh, if I can move into base contact with the other one sure. after, I will do that. Yeah, you definitely can. Everybody's right. within about 10, 15 feet of each other. So yeah, I'll move can double. behind him in okay. and get to uh, Jarzak. Yeah. Sure. So go ahead, Jarzak. What are you doing? Uh, Jarza, do I have one in base contact with me that just hit me, right? Yep, and you're flanking with Klika. Okay, I am going to... Hmm. Hmm, yep, yep, yep. I'm going to cast... <laughs> I guess I'll just... Do, uh... Wrathful Smite, yeah. I mean, that sounds fair. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good luck. Uh, 21 to hit. That's a hit. 11 damage. Okay. And then the Wrathful part of it is... Mm -hmm. uh, wisdom save. DC 15. Well, luckily, as a monk, I have terrible wisdom. Oh, actually, I do. I got a six. Okay. Uh, great. It does two psychic damage. <laughs> oh. Yikes. <laughs> what was it? 2D something? It was a, a D6. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so that's not bad. Okay, in that case, he looks bloodied from the uh, hefty wound to the back of the battle axe. Okay, and is that it for you? Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm going to try to move away. I want to get a distance on myself and them. I want to be right up in base contact. All right, so in that case, I'm going to get the attack for opportunity. Oh, you, he failed his wisdom save, though, right? Yeah. So he is frightened. Oh, yeah, yeah. Darzak until the end of his next turn. So it'll be at disadvantage, the attack. Oh, that's the additional thing it does. It. Yeah, I was like, frightened. it's got okay. more than just a d6. Yep. Well, at disadvantage, I miss with a fumble. So Nice. Roger, Roger. Does he drop his fists? Skirt away. So are you going to try to run like as far away from everybody as you can? I just want to... Yeah, as far away from the enemies as I can. Okay. Fair enough. So you move 30 feet across the campsite, past the campfire, over near Norhill. Yep. Okay. And now it goes to Norhill. Okay, so where is Norhill lying down in relation to the enemy that attacked Jarzak? Uh, about 15 feet away on the other side of the campfire. So Norhill can get up and get over there in base contact in time. From okay, the can he position. be flanking the Klico? Uh Yeah, I'll give it to you. All right. Uh, so Norhill's going to go run up and attack with flanking. They're not wielding weapons, are they? Uh, nope. Open handy, boys. Uh, so that's going to be a 22 to hit. That's a hit. What's up with all this 20 crew baloney? I don't know. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, I don't like that Norhill's... Oh, and he's rolling dice, too. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's going to be a good old solid 10 points of piercing damage with the war pick. Damn. Okay, so he is heartily wounded and teetering on the edge of death. Okay. And is that it for you? Uh, how's Jarzak looking after taking a couple of hits? Jarzak's looking okay. Okay. Yeah, so that's going to be it for my turn. Fair enough. And now it goes to Anton uh, being flanked by both Shadow Boys. Mm, I was just going to I, can I cast um, Radiance of the Dawn when I'm prone, or do I have to be like... No, you can do a prone. What does it yeah. do? So, as an action, I can use channel... It's part of my channel divinity. Um, I dispel any magical darkness within 30 feet. Each hostile creature that doesn't have total cover within 30 feet must make a con-saving throw of a 13 or take 2d10 plus 4 radiant damage. Nice. Or half damage on success. Nice. All right. Okay. Yeah, you can totally do that. So on the ground, after you got knocked over, you roll over quick with your uh, hope light out, and you call to the Grand Illuminator to protect you from the darkness. And let's hope for con saves. I got a five, and I got a seven. Yeah. Damn, man. These saving rolls from you. So I guess my question is, do they each take 2d10 for damage, or do they just divide it by half? You roll the damage, and it applies to everybody. Ah. Yes, USSR Santa Grandpa. Everybody shares the number. Actually, no. Everybody gets an equal... Whatever. We're not... Okay. What'd you get? Well, I rolled 21. (laughs) Wait, 21 total damage? Yeah. Holy shit. So I guess... 2d10 plus what? It's 2d10 plus 4. And I rolled oh, a wow. 7 and a 10. Damn. <laughs> so both of them are heartily wounded from the radiance of the light, and they're both recoiling in a way that's just burning them in their shadowy being. This is not looking good. All three you of You insulted my gift! <laughs> You're trying to... It's not okay. 
<laughs> okay, so all three of the remaining monks of failure here, they are all bloodied and not looking well at all. All of them teetering on death. And so, um, is that it for Anton? Did you want to try to stand up? Or... If I can stand up without provoking an attack of opportunity, sure. Yes, you yeah. can in this edition. Yeah, I'm going to stand up. It's definitely a good idea, because I was about to get advantage pretty hard on you. I already do. Yeah. So anyway, back to us getting advantage on you. So my two shadowy uh, monks over here of Thelier begin swatting at you with advantage, because they're on flanking sides of you. And so one of them goes to kick the uh, lantern out of your hand. And I got a 21 on the attack roll. No, that's no, not that's good. just the attack roll. Roll a strength saving throw to try to hold on to it. That's not nice, Dan. <laughs> I got a seven. That is that is not nice. So the hope light goes flying and it breaks on the ground. No, could you imagine? No. <laughs> Bonk. So it falls on the ground with a thud and it makes a gravelly noise as it lands, not breaking. And you take four points of damage from that guy. And he swings around to knock you in the ribs. And he hits with a 19. Woo, advantage. And you take nine points of damage. Are you still standing? I'm still standing. I'm bloody, but I'm still standing. Call call uh, call Elton John, because Anton John is still standing. Um, now the other guy starts swinging in with his as he tries to knock you down with a 22. Go ahead and roll a dexterity saving throw. What the fuck? I'm going to call Billy Joel because we're not going to let the sun go down on him. <laughs> Oof. And the, the last attack. Oh, well, I fucking fumbled, so. So you get smacked to the ground. Oh, Never mind. Billy, don't, Billy, don't come. Billy, it's fine. And you take an additional five points of damage. Oh, I'm not looking okay. And that's it for those guys. But the last of the monks being surrounded by both Klika and Norhill turns one fist to either of you and tries to attack both sides. The fist going to Norhill only got an 11, and the one going to Klika got a 21. Klika will cast shield. Oh, you bitch. <laughs> just what we fucking needed, huh? Rude. Yeah, right? That's funny. He just goes and almost punches in the face, but then the wham. Yeah. Very good. Okay, and so that's it for the uh, the monks of failure. So now it goes to Klika at the top of the round. I like to imagine now that I have a cool dinosaur shield, when I cast shield, little hydra heads come out and block the attack. <laughs> and no one can take that away from me. I'm not going to try. I know it's going to just keep coming up. I'm going to oh. pick my battles. It's <laughs> oh. pretty rad. Actually, oh, it'll look like this. I actually have Ronnie. a hydra. Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. Good like thing that's... we're on the podcast, so everybody at home can understand that. Uh, <laughs> it's an, it's is a, a sweet Hydra statue. So anyway, that is really cool. It is. Uh, you know what? <laughs> what is Klika doing? Klika uh, is gonna look towards Norhill and give him a nod, like you can take care of this one, and then move over to attack one of the ones on Anton. Okay. So you would dart 15 feet over to get closer to Anton and those two. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would like to attack the first one with uh, Shadowblade. Uh, does Anton have the light or anything else still going, or is it darkness over here, too? There's light, but it's sitting on the ground out of his grasp. Would you say it's dim light, then? <laughs> Yes, I'll give you dim light. <laughs> okay, I uh, I just 
want to know if I'm rolling at advantage with Shadowblade or not. Yeah, go ahead and roll at advantage on it, these poor, helpless monks. It didn't help. I got a 13. All right, so you miss. So All you right. swing in, but they dodge deftly. I will use uh, a sorcery point to quicken spell and try to attack um, again with uh, Booming Blade on one of them. Okay. And that's a 26 to hit. Almost had another crit. Okay. Go ahead and roll damage. It's probably 14 damage. Yeah. What? 14 damage. Yeah, that's a kill. So go ahead and describe the kill on this guy. Uh, so she runs up, and this time the Shadow Blade sort of seems the first time she swipes it at him to just sort of pass through him as if they were one in the same shadow he kind of cloaked in themselves and then i think she sort of readjusts the magic in it in such a way that like the shadow takes like a different feel that like only someone who would understand and live in shadows kind of knows and so she brings it back through and this like newly what's the resonate like the resonance of the shadow connects in such a way that is actually very debilitating and cuts him down. Very well. Okay. And so he falls to the ground with a puff of dark smoke as well, uh, leaving two of them behind, both bloodied. And now we go to Jarzak. Uh, I'm going to cast Eldritch Blast. Okay. Did you want to launch at the one by Anton or the one by Norhill? Uh, Anton. Okay. And I will say Klika is standing like over Anton as much as she can, just sort of like holding the shield up and hissing angrily. Uh, 21 to hit? That's a hit. It's 8 damage. That's another kill. So go ahead and describe that one. So Jarzak sees that uh, Anton's not doing too great and just is gonna be like, oh shit and just pull all his energy together and just shoot out this force. In order to try and save him. Okay. And so as the one goes to try to give a swift kick to Anton's jaw, probably breaking his neck, as the thing winds up with a swift kick, you manage to shoot him by the leg and sweep his foot out from underneath him, and he lands to the ground with a crunch and a thud before it just his own neck. <laughs> uh, leaving one of them left, and unless you had something else to do, we can go to Norhill. Oh, that's it. Cool. Okay, Norhill, finish him off. Yeah, if he's still standing, no hell's going to finish him off. Fair enough. You might have advantage because it's Is uh, 15 going to hit? Uh, no, but if he's frightened and that gives a bonus, then you might be able to. Let me find out. He's not frightened of me. He's frightened of Jarzak. That's all. Right. True. Okay. So in that case, that's a miss. I would recommend doing an action surge just because this is probably the last combat you're going to see. Yeah, probably. I'll surge to try to attack again. Ooh. Next level, you get the uh, fighter bonus attack, right? Mm. Yeah, but uh, that one's even worse than the last one. Oh, no. 11, rather. Oh, oh, Norhill. So Norhill keeps swinging in on this guy, and it seems like he's too fast. Keeps jumping off your shield and swinging at you on the off chance. Okay, and then it goes to Anton laying on the ground by two piles of smoky dust about 10 feet away from his lantern. 
really bad. Uh, like, uh, what's what I'm looking for? Like, soldier crawl over to the hope light. Yeah, I'm just debating if I should do an attack or a heal. I'd say the attack is probably more important at this point. Just because they're so overwhelmingly... Well, I mean, he's only the one last guy left, and he's not doing well at all. How close is he to me? About 15, 20. Um, what will be a good... And the sacred flame? You could move into a position if you go into melee to flank, but I... If you're going to use a ranged spell, I wouldn't do that because you'll have disadvantage from being in base contact. Yeah, I either can use like Sacred Flame or. I mean, I just Scorch go. Ray, which might be a little bit too much. I'm sure you'll hit him. And yeah, especially because Sacred Flame is a ranged attack, it's a spell with a save, so that won't cause yeah, let's just disadvantage. Do that. Okay, and I got to do what kind of saving throw? Wisdom or Dexterity? Uh, Dex. For 13. Oh. Eh. I got a 23. So, uh, about, uh, about that working out for you. Did you want to say you soldier crawled and grabbed your hope light, too? Uh, I'm just trying to see, like, any other things I might have. I mean, you did your attack, and you're not able to do another one of those. We've asked about the bonus action action spell thingy quite a few times now, and I really don't think we've got anything else again. Yeah, because I can't do... Because I have Healing Word and Shield of Faith as bonus actions, but I can't do that. Actually, well, yeah, you Sacred could. Sacred Flame's a cantrip, yeah, so... Sacred so oh. In this case, yes, you could do Healing Word. <laughs> I think I'm going to do Healing Word. On? Um, well, I'm wondering if I should do it as a level two. I mean, again, the one enemy you have is squaring off with Norhill. It really doesn't seem like this fight's going to be that dangerous anytime soon. And then this guy proceeds to solo four of us because it's just terrible rolls. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. right. So now I use my incineration plague spell that my monk had prepared. Yeah, I'm going to do <laughs> healing word on myself because I feel like if it, even if I put up shield of faith, he's been just really 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 lucky so i'm gonna cast healing word on myself as the second level the 2d4 plus wisdom modifier and nine point wait no (laughs) ten i get ten back you know i will say like two episodes ago ronnie you said this line that i've never been able to forget where you're like (laughs) you said you're like i can't do math and talk at the same time Everybody's like laying down jokes with the uh, scorpion fight that we had. <laughs> it was just, I, I really, yeah, I can't. Even when I'm at work and people are asking me things, I'm like, I literally can't talk to you. I mean, hey, man, that's fine. You're using the same parts of your brain, executive functions. You know what I mean? So, yeah. okay, so you heal and yeah. you can get up and go pick up your lantern and you'll be all set. You're going to be about yep. closer to Norhill. Okay. And now it goes to the monk and the last monk in that moment dips into the shadows, falls backwards, tombstone style, and just dissipates into a pile of smoke. Motherfucker. Don't worry. He only knows where you are now. And so the whole party standing there in the darkness with the camp light and the hope light being your only lights out here, um, you guys can see that there's no more of the monks left. So what would you like to do now? Um, I think 
think Norhill, were you the one who took like the second worst amount of pain? I'll be all right. Are you sure? I'm sure. We're about to rest. Yeah, I was gonna say a long rest. Doctor's orders. Wanna make it Yeah. Norhill would like to spend some time now to sort of bring up like an early warning system for us where he's gonna go gather, you know, a bunch of like you know, dry branches and twigs and stuff from the woods and set up like a perimeter so that it'll make a bunch of noise if somebody tries to walk over it. Okay. If somebody wants to help if somebody wants to help you do this, it'll take very little time at all. But Yeah, Clicka will help. That sounds like a Clicka job. What were you saying, uh, Jared? Uh nothing. Oh, fair not enough. That. Okay, so you guys kind of all knowing all too well the dangers of fighting these guys and having gotten pretty well thrashed this time around, but managing to fend them off. I mean, it seems kind of interesting that they would have targeted you and everybody has kind of like a waking moment of acknowledgement that the first time sounded like they had beef with whoever that lady was in the woods, but this time they came squarely for you. Whatever that means. And especially having left Gabora and heard so many rumors about whoever would have orchestrated the Shendel Grip's takeover of the town so quickly must have been a professional. So seems kind of strange that now these shadowy monks are kind of following your trail. Leaves good reason to be very careful and cautious. But as the night continues on and everybody takes their watch, it doesn't seem like there's any sort of major alarm or anything terrible happens as everybody keeps a very tight and careful watch throughout the night. Um, And as we fast travel the next few days, I'm gonna need about four trail rations from every person as you travel the rest of the journey, uh, heading off the rest of the path through the Force of the Wandering Swordsman, past Glint, and heading off to Eagleheart. Did anybody want to stop in Glint for anything in particular? Actually, we'll include that as part of your improvised uh, travel routine. So did anybody have any reason why they, any, sorry. Everybody take their turn for the improv travel as it snows more during this bit of travel heading off to Eagleheart. The coastal winds are warm enough that it keeps much of the snow away, but being in the wake of the mountain of uh, the uh, Keratos Mountain there, it's still pretty snowy. So as you guys head off into the dense forest of the Wandering Swordsman, uh, what would you guys like to say happens? Anton's just going to be praying to the light like nobody's business. He's afraid he may have faltered for some reason, and that's why he was so bested, like to, to be in a chance of like dropping this <laughs> Holy item, he's a bit Drop like the God. Olympic flame. I know. <laughs> That's how he feels. So he's just like, I gotta keep care. I gotta, I gotta dedicate myself more. So he super glues it to his hand. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> At this point, there is nowhere where the sun doesn't shine on Anton's body. <laughs> Everything's just one hand away. <laughs> I hate myself so much. I feel like he'll be just like in in like consistent prayer. I feel like if anyone sees him, he'll just be mumbling something under his breath. Which is kind of funny because I feel like both Klika and Anton are kind of tapped in this way at this point by the adventure and the trauma from within. That both of them seem a little bit kind of thrown off kilter, and it doesn't seem like things are safe anymore for them in the way it used to be. 
like the enemy is all too unknown for them. Like before there was a goal, there was a mission, but it seems like for both Anton and Klika that like the falterings and the danger have been because of their own misconduct. So it seems like there's more internalized feelings of like, this was their mistake. You know what I mean? That right. happens is their fault. I think going off of that, um, Klika is going to like very sheepishly approach Nora Hill like the next day and just sort of like uh be like um so Klika was was having some fun and was making the fire go on and off and then bad guys came and they they like they beat you up and then they beat beat Anne up and uh Klika Klika's sorry she didn't she didn't want anyone to get hurt. She was just trying to have some fun. Could you imagine if this was Klika's fault? It's just like you cast prestidigitation three times fast and yeah. show up. Focus, <laughs> yeah. cast her magic in my woods. You could smell it. <laughs> it smells like pennies. <laughs> it's it's okay, Klika, but for now I'm going to have to ask that you exercise much more vigilance and caution. Also, I don't, I don't mean to get off off the rails here, but when we say it smells like pennies, I also want it known that it's canon. Also, that Anton smells like raw dough. Uh, <laughs> Nora Hill also smells. I think we said like like burnt wood or something like that. Like yeah, Nora Nor Hill smells like the campfire. Jarzak's still finding his scent. I was gonna say he's just rolling. In Whatever dirt. the dirt from nearby yep. is, in local like dirt, just dirt and fish smell. Mm. Ew. Yo, we, out, we should put out a candle collection for the party. <laughs> we should. <laughs> so I, I think uh, beckons from the heralds of smell. Click is gonna just sort of like solemnly nod and respond back with like one of the dwarvish phrases that Norhill taught her. That just sort of means like orders understood, essentially. But instead, Kalika says "Hot Pickle Tuesday" in North. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's very similar and it's upsetting. I miss Hot Pickle Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Norhill just instantly goes into the thousand-yard stare of the dwarvish homeland as Kalika's like cooking up something in a dwarvish pot in front of him. Yeah, uh, but so for the travel though, Norhill is actually going to try to like start running our camps. Like, sorry, there's uh, no reason why that 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 exchange should have been that funny, but just Norhill solemnly saying as he pats Click on the back, "I miss Hot Pickle Tuesday." I don't, I don't think you can top that in, uh, and and I don't I don't think you'll ever be able to beat that line. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, it's time to retire. I can never play games <laughs> again. That's it. It's it's only downhill from here. I just like to think that when the campaign comes to a close and the dwarves are saved. Nor Hill celebrates Hot Pickle Tuesday. <laughs> and it's a grand old time. Yep. That first kosher crunch, and he's like, it was all worth it. <laughs> <laughs> they just don't make them like this anywhere else, you know? That's home right there. Kalika has become a miniature dragon. Anton has become the pinnacle of light, and Jarzak became a worm in a jar. Nor Hill just crunches <laughs> on his pickle, and he's like, it was all worth it, guys. It was all worth it. Anyway, I'm sorry. Anton, you were saying? 
Yeah, so I was just saying that Norhill is going to start in like a sort of insistently running the camp, just like you know the way his commander would have run a camp when he was in the military. Mm-hmm. So you know he does you know he you know sets the perimeter, um, duh, doubles the watches so that you know everybody has two watches, but each shift is half as long. Mm-hmm. So that there's less chance of people, you know, falling asleep or you know not being as vigilant as they should be. Okay. So you just start running a much tighter ship. And I uh, will say the duration that, that we're in the wilderness. I will say that in your time of travel and during this double watch with all the uh, sticks and stuff laid out in the distance to kind of act as a barrier, there is one night where you hear a single crunch on one of the sticks, and it sounded like something like you know of a decent weight crunched it. And you hear like a bunch of skittering footsteps as if something was trying to approach the camp, crunches on the stick and just darts away as if something wasn't ready to set off a trap. But uh, acknowledging that they did, rushes away. And it sounds like the sounds come from all ends of the camp. And it doesn't sound like it's four of them. It sounds like it's more than that. Can we yes, check? That's right. Stay away. Can we, we check footprints in the again. morning? Sorry. Yeah. And as the party does check for footprints, there's nothing much left behind except for the broken stick. And was there anything Jarzak wanted to do in this last bit of travel? Uh, Jarzak is curious with uh, Anton always talking about this light and stuff. Uh, he's going to do a little uh, experiment one night. And... Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you do as a warlock. You, you just experiment with other powers. <laughs> And uh, he's gonna see, uh, like go near where whichever tent like uh, Anton is in, and cast uh, darkness to see Anton's reaction to it in his sleep. <laughs> what the what the hope light does? It, just and Anton both. <laughs> well, Anton would notice it because he's asleep. I, yeah, Jar Jarzak is testing. <laughs> <laughs> a theory right now. Yeah, nothing seems to happen. Okay. Uh, that That's all he wanted to do. He just wanted to see what would happen if he cast darkness near Anton, who's always talking about the light, to see if he still put... You know, so it seems like you got <laughs> off that one scot-free as you Macaulay Culkin, the uh, darkness on the tent, and then like... <laughs> uh, I like would cancel it instantly. It was just to see... Yeah. What would like, happen uh, with the like dark light, dark light, and then a bunch of ninjas show up because that's how that works, apparently. But okay, and so with that, was there any other experimenting you wanted to do on this trip? Uh, no, I think I think that one was it. Just wanted to see if it affected him at all or the hope light, I guess, because it would have been tent. Okay, and then did Anton want to drop off any other gifts to the uh wandering swordsman now that you're within his wood? Yeah, that's just gonna be like a habit whenever I go in that woods now. I might not see him for years and years and years, but that's okay. I think is- if if Klika notices that, uh, Klika will help if it's like offering some food to like spice it up or like give it something a little bit more. Uh-huh. But she'll be happy to give the assist to whatever Anton wants to do for the offering. Okay, so you drop off some like biscuits and some meats and you manage to toss the meats and some salt and some cracked pepper and you toss the biscuits around in like a light cinnamon sort of nutmeggy kind of deal. I imagine 
Klika probably has some butter now too, just because butter holds for a while. It's fairly easily to transport, so she'll leave like some of that out too in like a little jar. Sure. Okay. And so with that, the party travels the rest of the trip, uh, traveling through what would be, I would say, probably the biggest of the snowstorms you guys have seen yet this year. And it's nothing more than just like flurries, but at a high gust. So it's starting to kind of leave a dusting on the ground, but nothing like remarkable. You know what I mean? Nothing like intense, but enough that like when you guys are traveling, you have to kind of squint and hold hands up over the face to prevent the, uh, the whitewash, as it were. And so by the time you guys reach Eagleheart's walls, you guys, Norhill has already got kind of like a snow-coated beard as you arrive in the night. And you're able to find some sanctity inside the uh, city walls. If you'd like to, you can try to finish the rest of the trudge all the way up to the castle. Or if you guys would like to, you could try to stay at an inn closer to the entrance. I'm imagining Norhill's persistence would lead to a castle trot. Yeah, I was going to say castle trot. <laughs> and I so think that also while we're traveling, Klika is going to be using prestidigitation to sort of use the uh, uh, warm uh, up to one cubic foot of non-living matter for an hour and try and just like warm up everyone's like I guess boots gloves something that's wearable but small enough where it'll fit in that so like sure. we we essentially have like hand warmers for our gloves and feet while we're moving yeah, sure. you could heat up like a handful of stones or something mm. well I mean it, I, I think I can just do it right on the gloves or the boots well that's fair just kind so. of popping back and forth between the horses and doing it for people from behind mm. but Okay, and so the party arrives in the dead of night at the entrance to the castle proper, and you guys are greeted by a couple of guards, and once word gets kind of tossed back to the rest of the people within the uh, castle grounds of who exactly is at the door, that certain old wizened guard from, you know, when you first ventured off to the castle. Oh, I have his name. You do? Uh, do you really? Yeah, I just need to, oh, Eagleheart, Jaden. Jaden? I think it's Jaden, probably. Jaden Smith. Oh no, I don't. I don't think that's him. I think that might be a different Jaden. But with that, uh, Jaden, as it were, the head knight, he greets you guys with a very solemn expression, one that looks almost as if like he himself has experienced great tragedy. And noticing the guards also carry that same sort of look on their faces, he turns to you guys and he says, "It's a bitter cold out here. I would ask that you come inside, perhaps take residence here for the evening." I'm sure the queen, if she were anywhere around, would allow for such a thing. Please. Clean the warms his gloves. And so with that, he leads you guys in as his hands start to heat up. And he's like, oh, fuck! No, I'm just kidding. But he uh, leads you guys in and walks you to one of the side passages into one of those same rooms like before, covered in ink marks and uh, the flower pot that's been destroyed and all the other things from what you guys did the first time you came into the waiting room. <laughs> he comes into here and he says, I will have one of the housemaids take care of a room for you all and get your gear in check. In the meantime, you must be frigid. I'll have, I'll have something of a, a, one of the cooks maybe come here with some warm tea in the meantime. Does that sound good for all of you? Yeah. Um, your charity you, is greatly... Do you have like a... Sorry, do you have like a flask or something of liquid on you that you'll be drinking over the night? Doesn't have to be alcoholic. He says, no one, I'm, I'm not actually. He says, in fact, I'm about to go to rest. He says, with the queen's absence, 
I need to do my best to always be vigilant as I'm sort of acting as in charge for the time being. So I'll send the, uh, the cook up here to drop off your tea. In the meantime, uh, do stay here. And he kind of leaves abruptly and slams the door behind him. Did you guys want to address the uh, elephant in the room? Or did you? I, I was, uh, and then Orville's going to, you know, start like pacing back and forth. Say, you know, like the queen's gone. How could the queen be gone? Where does she have to go? Oh, um. Can somebody roll an insight check? I'm actually proficient in insight. Six. Twelve. Ooh, six. Oh, she, A crit. Twenty. She, she must have come looking for me. <laughs> oh no so the crit is the only one who sees truly through this but Anton and Norhill both can tell from what they can see he is incredibly emotionally disrupted and it seems like he's more scared than anything as if her absence is something that's not like normal at all and her absence is something of like tragic in its own right probably alluding to her death or something like that but Norhill, with his practiced abilities and his knowledge of dealing with people's facades and feints, he feels like this is the practiced guise of somebody who works in these kinds of political affairs. And so as you start to kind of piece these things together and ruminate on this, an old woman comes into the room with a tray, silvered, uh, with a bunch of teacups and a warm pot, as well as some tea in the little tea thingies, little dunkers there. And so she lays it down on the table and she, elderly as can be, she looks at you all and she says, a good evening to all of you. Good evening to you as well. Oh, let me, let me take the tray. I can, I can serve. You don't have to worry about it. And so she says, that's so very kind of you. And she shuts the door with you guys in the room, like shutting the door behind her with her in the room as well. And she quickly throws a key off of one of her like, heavy key rings that she has under her like overcoat and she puts it into the lock and like slams it bent and with like a strength not belonging to an 85 looking your old woman and she turns to you guys with a wicked glare and quickly slips a ring off of her finger and she grows about a foot tall her hair stretches out of her head and her skin tightens taut over her face and before you is the queen Alvir Garavar and she looks to you guys with a frantic expression she says did they follow you here the Shadowed Ones, Agents of Failure, did they follow you here? And that is where we're going to end it. Hey everybody, it's the Young Grognard here. I want to say thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. If you have anything you'd like to tell me, any questions or concerns, shoot me a tweet over at YGrognard on Twitter, or send me an email at younggrognard at gmail.com. As always, keep it real, and more importantly, keep it dangerous. Thanks. <laughs>